You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Her Money is supported by Fidelity Investments. Together, we're here to empower, educate, and encourage women to start talking about money. Discover more at fidelity.com slash it's time. Her Money comes to you through PRX. Hi, I'm Jean Chatsky, and welcome to our, or should I say, your new podcast. We decided to call it Her Money because it's for women, by women, about money. We took a look at the landscape out there, and there just isn't all that much podcast content out there in this category, and we decided to do something about that. So if we do our job here, if I do my job here, then just maybe we can help all of you change your financial futures for the better. And the way to do that is just by talking about money. This is not something we do enough of. So we're going to have great need to know topics. We'll have amazing guests. We'll take your questions and we'll always aim to give you smart, actionable advice to help you thrive in this market and in your life. And I'm so excited to tell all of you that Jillian Michaels is joining me today for a conversation about money and about life. Jill, I know you are crazy busy. You're running around the house. You're talking to us from your phone. It's great. We'll take it any way we can get you, but we're happy that you're here. Hi, bud. Congratulations on the show. It's about time. I'm so excited. What'd you think of my music? I thought it was fantastic. I love the intro. And I was like, I, when do I click subscribe? Can I subscribe oh, right, right now? Now would be good. Yeah, now would be, now would be good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited. I have a theme song. Who, who knew? I love it. So you inspired me because I've been a guest on your podcast, The Jillian Michaels Show. I've been watching Just Jillian. And hello, can we talk about the fact that you and Heidi Rhodes, your partner of many years, are now engaged? Congratulations. I know. I know. It's been seven years. And I I think I finally got to this place where I began to realize that in life, you know, the more you fear something and the more you try to avoid it, the more you end up making it happen. You know, if I'm afraid she's going to leave me, the more I avoid, you know, marriage and all of those things, the more I'm pushing her away. And I think when I got to that realization, it was a breakthrough for me. And, you know, we, we got engaged uh, about, it was actually four months ago, even though it just aired on TV. And you're the first person I'm actually talking to about it. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm a little bit honored. And I, I have to say the proposal, if, if there are people out there who haven't seen it, you can pull it up on YouTube. It, it did make me tear up a little bit and it reminded me. So I don't know if you'll remember this. You, you and I met many years ago at the Today Show, but I have this vivid memory of meeting Heidi. We were, we were at Maria Shriver's women's conference in, in Long Beach and we were coming down in the same <laughs> elevator. I am so sorry. Oh my God. Your dog is welcome on our show. <laughs> You know, usually, no, no, it's so funny. I did radio for Oprah for years and my dog, Teddy, would just bark at the most inopportune times or the doorbell (laughs) would ring or something. It makes me feel right at home. So, so we were coming down in this elevator, you and me and a friend of mine and Heidi and 
I am going to guess that it was the very beginning of your relationship because you guys were all like lovey-dovey and, and goo-goo eyes and you were holding hands. It was just, it was really, really sweet. And I'm so happy to see it come to this point where, where you're going to actually tie the knot. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Gosh, I can't believe you remember that. I remember the conference, but I, I mean, that you remember that moment is really sweet. At the time, I was not yet married for the second time. I, I've been married now twice. And, um, so if there, you know, if there's any advice that you want, please just ask me. I'm happy. I'm an open book, but I, um. <laughs> Be careful, buddy. Be careful. <laughs> It can change things as far as, as your relationship with your finances goes. Has, have you guys thought about how you're going to handle it? You know what's interesting about that is the one thing we haven't thought about, and I know that couples, this is apparently the number one thing they do fight about is money. And I think part of it is because we're fortunate enough to not worry, you know, and it takes the stress and the strain about finances out of the equation a bit. And we just combine finances. Um, but I, you know, I will say that one of the number one things where money was getting involved is she kept saying to me, you know, if you die, we're going to lose half of everything because of, what is it? Is it estate tax change? It is. You don't have to pay when you're married? Yeah, it's estate taxes and, and the government has this provision right now where every person can pass a certain amount of money on to anybody else, like heirs or kids that they want without paying taxes on it. And that's $5 million, which is a ton of money. But you can, you can pass everything along to your spouse. The problem is, if you don't have a, a marital trust in place, you lose the opportunity to, to be exempt from one of those big five million dollar pots. So if you've got, if you've got a decent amount of money and it, it doesn't even need to be five million dollars because the government has been talking about changing these limits for a very, very long time and we, we expect that in the future they'll come way down. If you want to preserve your ability to pass money along to your kids without paying taxes on it, then you need to get what's called a marital trust to just protect your kids for the future and to protect you and to protect Heidi from taxes because taxes are expensive and they're just going up. Wow, I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't even know I could protect the kids. I had no idea. None. You can't. A marital yeah, trust? Well, a marital, a marital trust. And I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, you guys are, are good parents. I'm assuming you've got wills and all of that. You, you've got Sometimes. wills in place, right? We're okay. Heidi's a better one than me, I think. You know, it's hard. It's, I've watched you through the season of, of just Jillian. I've watched you struggle with the whole concept of, of work life balance. And I can so relate. There are just days when I'm on the road and I feel like, you know, bad mom. Yes. Yes. It's just, in, and I, I told, I was telling my shrink the other day, I was like, I feel like, you know, we just went on this five day skiing trip and I'm like, all right, you know, we got our concentrated time. And then I had a conference I had to go to for two days. And my five-year-old like immediately went to this place of, I hate you. I don't need you. Forget it. I just want mommy who's Heidi. And I'm like, I, I can't, you just feel sometimes like you can't win. 
I know. I know because their memories, I mean, our memories are short and their memories are even shorter. My, my kids are older than yours. I've got one graduating college this year. My daughter is a freshman in college, but we can spend big chunks of time together. And then if I'm not there the very next day for the thing that she wants right then, it, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, and it makes yes. you feel, it makes you feel terrible. We just went, I, I, we, I should tell you about this. I got to send you this photo. My daughter and I just went to Disney and ran in the princess half marathon. Oh, I love that. In tutus and tiaras. Oh my God. <laughs> That's awesome. And let me just say that our costumes were about the lamest costumes there. I mean, there were people, there were men in tutus, first of all, but there were people dressed up like every Disney princess from, you know, the beginning, from Snow White on on up. And their costumes were phenomenal. So if I ever do it again, I'm going to... I'm going to plan a little better. I'm going to have a better costume. But my daughter kicked serious butt after telling me that she was not a runner. She went out and she did 11, 11 and a half minute miles. And I thought, you know. For 13 miles? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I win. Yeah, no, she did. She did it. She was amazing. She was amazing. Fantastic. So. My little bragging moment. Um, I, I want to take a, a very, very quick break here and um, come back in a second and talk to you about habits, because I know you're a big believer in habits and habits apply whether we're talking about fitness or whether we're talking about money. So we're going to talk about building good habits. But before we do that, I want to take a brief minute to tell you that Her Money is brought to you by Fidelity Investments. Fidelity is focused on helping women just like us take charge of our financial lives. It's important to learn about money, not just for you, but for the other women in your life, your moms and sisters, your daughters, your friends. So visit fidelity.com slash it's time where you'll find our Thrive Workshop, which gives you three simple ways to put your money into action. There's also information about how to manage your money during life's biggest events and step-by-step guidance about putting a financial plan together. Again, visit fidelity.com slash it's time. And I'm back with one of those inspirational women. My friend Jillian Michaels is still with us. And I want to talk about building habits. I mean, you are... You're kind of amazing in the in the space of fitness at getting people to change their lives. So what's your what's your secret sauce and how can we apply it in the world of of other changes that we're looking to make? Of course. Well, I do see many parallels, you know, and every time you and I talk and you honestly get into the psychology of saving money and managing money, I see so many similarities to health. And, and your inspiration for taking care of both. And one quote that I, I love to sort of paraphrase is if you have a why to live for, to fight for, to work for, you can tolerate the how. And I always say the how is, you know, the sacrifice associated with the goal. And I don't mean generalities, right? Like I want health. I want love. I want money. Well, we all do. But the key is really dissecting what those things look like in your life in detail and then forming an emotional connection to it. 
So, you know, when it comes to fitness, is it, oh, I'm a kid and I want to wear a bikini at spring break and I want my first boyfriend. You know, if we're 30 years old, is it, I want to chase my two toddlers around the playground all day long. If we're 50 or 60, is it, you know, I want to look amazing at my 20th wedding anniversary or I want to see my daughter walk down the aisle. It, it, it doesn't matter what your reason is in life as long as it's defined and it moves you. And that's what I think motivates you to do the hard work with fitness. And I imagine, you know, saving money and dealing with money is intimidating. I find it intimidating and overwhelming. But when I think about how, okay, Jill, here's why you have to do it. Here's why it's important. Saving for your kids, saving for retirement, managing your expenses. You know, that's what gets me to look at that stuff, which is honestly, Jane, it's uncomfortable for me. I think it's uncomfortable for so many people, but I love this idea of getting it a why. And, and the whys may be the same. You know, I want to be able to take care of my family. I want to be able to, I want to be able to send my kids to college without so much student loans, so much student debt that they can't get a start on their adult life. Or I want my kids to grow up with a strong work ethic or, you know, there's, there's so many different whys that then you can attach a financial how to it. So I want my kids not to have a mountain of student debt. Maybe I'll start putting some money automatically in a, in a 529 college savings plan. I, I think there's a lot in this concept of automating, of having a routine when it comes to your money. Just the whole set it and forget it mentality. Does that, I'm sure that works in fitness too. How important do you find that? You know, that's funny. I read that somewhere and I think it was on one of your newsletters. I just can't remember at what time. And it was just exactly like put your automatic, you know, contributions to the 401k or something. And I was like, God, that's brilliant. Then it just kind of, it's on autopilot and you don't have to agonize about it or kind of, oh, well, maybe I'll take a little extra this month to go on that beach vacation. Like it's done for you. And I think that's brilliant. With fitness, it's a little more, it's a little more challenging because on a moment to moment basis, you have to decide, okay, you know, I'm at the restaurant. Do I get the pizza or do I get the salad? Okay. You know, do I sit down and watch that television show or do I do a half an hour workout? But I think one of the best ways to go about automating that is by setting up appointments. So whether it's with a workout buddy or a trainer, if you can afford one, or just literally putting it in pen in your calendar and not scheduling anything in that time frame that you make sacred, I think it helps so much because it takes that impulsivity to make a poor choice or to make the, you know, momentarily sexy choice, but in the long term detrimental choice out of the equation. I do that, by the way. I mean, I have a running partner that I've had for 20 years since our babies were in baby joggers. And and the fact that I know that I'm meeting her at 7.30 in the morning makes me get out of bed and, and have a cup of coffee and go. And if she wasn't there, I would be having a cup of coffee in my bed watching the Today Show. <laughs> I would do the exact same thing. I literally have to have a reason. Like people laugh at me because I'll train with different trainers and they're like, why do you do that? And I mean, part of it is because obviously I think a great 
a great teacher is a great student, and I want to see, you know, what their philosophies are, what their methodologies are, and all that. But the other part of it is, I'm like, well, I spent the money on the session, and they're gonna be at the freaking gym, so I guess I have to go. And it, it does make me go, dude, because in the moment you're like, I'm tired, I could skip it. You know, yeah. it's fine. I'll go tomorrow. It's so easy to put off and say, "Oh, tomorrow I'll do it." Tomorrow, absolutely, absolutely. So, are your kids at this point? Are they of the age where they have any concept of money? You know, I would love your help in this area because I don't know how to make them value it. And one of the things that we have tried to do is to create a little allowance, right? Where they have their chores, they're three and five, but their chores are like they have the pets that they need to feed, they have to make their bed, they put their clothes in their hamper, they wash their dish, and you know they help us with little house chores. And sometimes they do, you know, they pick up their toys, sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. And you know what, they don't care at all about their allowance. And my daughter said to me today, she goes, gosh, mom, you know, I didn't get my allowance all last week. And I was like, well, first of all, bud, you didn't even ask me for it. And I was like, part of this is like you caring enough to ask me for it and to be conscientious about how much it matters and to do your chores. And I said to Heidi, I was like, they don't care. So we're doing something wrong. Like, are they not in need enough? What are we doing wrong here, Jean? So, so, so you, you did, you've done step one. You've actually put money into their hands. The next step is you've got to, they've got to actually use it. So there have to be things that they want that you're not going to buy anymore, but that they have the ability to buy with their money. So it could be just when you guys go to the grocery store. Tell them to bring their money. And then if there are snacks that you don't particularly want to buy, give them the opportunity to decide to use their money for that. But otherwise they can't have it. Or, you know, same, same deal with a, um, with a, you know, you take a trip to a Target and they want everything that's in the, the dollar baskets, as I'm sure my kids did. Oh. You know, you, they have the opportunity, they could buy that, but it's something that mommies don't spend our money on. It, because they just don't seem to have enough of a kind of need. And then my son, because they don't seem to care enough, if there is something they want, you know, they're impulsive about it. Like he wanted this bracelet that he saw um, when we were away in Jackson Hole. And I was like, bud, and I knew he wasn't going to wear it. I just know him. I know he wasn't going to wear it. It was 10 bucks. He bought it, never wears it, doesn't care. And I was like, we got to get him to run out of money. So the next time he yeah. wants <laughs> Well, you may be giving them too much money, I think right? I right. mean, they may, if they get their allowance every day, that's probably too much. Really? We give them a buck every day. That's too much. It's probably too much at the, at their age. Maybe, maybe once or twice a week. And then, then they'll feel that, that their money's more valuable because they'll have less of it. You're right. Thank you. Okay. Cause, cause yeah, it's not resonating and I haven't been able to figure out why or how. And, you know, I don't want to pull one of those, hey, you know, let's look at children that are starving in other parts of the world. I just think they're too young for that. It's too, it's too yeah. damaging and too scary. But I try to explain, you know, we're lucky, we're fortunate, we need to share our blessings. And they get that to a certain extent. But beyond that, we are failing miserably. <laughs> so I think you're right. <laughs> less money and we need to get them less stuff. 
Yeah, it'll take on a life of its own over time. I I promise. I want to say thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me, and I cannot wait to subscribe. I'm so excited, and anytime you want me on, I'm there. All right, and right back at you. I love being on your show as well. Thank you, bud. Tell Heidi congrats. I will. It was so great to have Jillian Michaels with us. And now we're going to move on, get right to your questions. We always want to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, and at jeanchatsky.com. And Kelly Hultgren, our associate producer, has joined me in the studio. Hey, Kelly, what kind of questions do we have this week? Our first question comes in from Susan. She wrote us at jeanchatsky.com. Susan writes, My daughters are 20 and 23, in college and work as waitresses making great money. I want them to start putting away something weekly. So what are your suggestions on how to go about this? Well, first of all, good for your daughters for working in college. It's possible. Everybody, (laughs) I want you. I want you to know that. The answer to your question is to just build a habit of saving. So every time they get paid, they want to automatically move some money into savings. Eventually, they can put it in a Roth IRA where it can grow for their future. That's all good. But just as we were talking about with Jillian, automation is the key. So make some money, automate, make some more money, move it over. It'll just happen automatically. Set it and forget it. Exactly. There you go. There you go. (laughs) And while we're talking about our kids, from Twitter, we have at GMRosen1 asking, can you suggest a credit card for college students to help them build their own credit? Yeah, so it's an important question because college students come out of school, they have very thin files, they're unable to get their own credit card, sometimes rent an apartment. Parents are worried about this. There are two solutions here. The first is you can add your college students to one of your credit cards as an authorized user. The catch is that not every credit card company will report to the credit bureaus on behalf of those college students. So pick up the phone and check with your credit card company if it will do this before you go ahead and get your kid a card. The other thing you can do is is get a secured credit card. And this is a card where you make a deposit with the bank that issues the credit card. That deposit becomes your credit limit. And over time, as your child uses the card, pays her bills on time, it builds a nice history of credit, which enables them to live a more robust adult life when they get out of school. So that's all they need to do. Great. Thanks so much. And we would love to hear more from you. Please submit your questions on Twitter at Gene Chatsky. We're also on Facebook at Gene Chatsky. And you can also <laughs> email us at genechatsky.com. Thank you. On this week's Thrive segment, who needs more hours in the day? Well, we just spoke with Jillian about how hard it is to fit it all in. And by the way, we are all raising our hands here in the studio, me included. And here's why. Women are known to be the ultimate multitaskers. In fact, research has shown we're the better multitaskers of the two sexes. So score one for us. But the question is, does it work for us. And here the answer is mixed because every day American women spend about an hour more on household chores than men and a half hour less working at the office. This is according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So we are more likely to juggle our careers with raising families, with caring for aging parents, both of which take time. And according to the Harvard Business Review, all of this juggling, it may actually be stalling our careers. So I've got a few suggestions for just trying to manage the juggle. 
First, try to keep a time log to figure out where your time is going. How much are you spending on housework? How many hours are you actually in the office? And how many of those are working on projects that'll actually get you noticed? Second, it's really important to know what your time is worth. And I mean an hour of your time, which if you work on salary may not be a figure that you have at your fingertips. Here's how you do the math. You take your annual pay, lop off the last three zeros and then divide by two. So let's say you make 80 grand a year. That's 80 divided by two. You make $40 an hour. And then you want to delegate those tasks that are A, not worth your time and B, that you don't enjoy. So if you make $40 an hour and you can pay somebody half that to run your errands or weed your garden or do other things that you really don't want to do, it's totally worth it. All right, so let's just pull it all together. Multitasking may be second nature to you, but it's not always the best thing for your career or your life. So figure out where your time is going and how much an hour of your time is worth and then delegate accordingly. Thanks so much for joining me today on Her Money. I want to thank my friend Jillian Michaels for being with us today, for taking the time to call in. Thank your dogs, too, by the way, for making a guest appearance. Hope they'll come back as well. And congratulations to Jill and her partner, Heidi Rhodes. And I look forward to hearing all about the wedding. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show at iTunes. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Fidelity Investments. Our music is provided by Track Tribe. Our show comes to you through PRX. And join us next week when we'll be talking with Ron Lieber of the New York Times about his new book just out in paperback. It's called The Opposite of Spoiled, exactly what we want for all of our kids, and we'll always have a great way for you to thrive. Thanks for listening.